Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I used to scan the pages of Reddit, reading the paranormal thread and freaking myself out almost every night. I've said on more than one occasion that I truly love being scared. I don't know if it's the adrenaline rush or what, but it truly just invigorates me and makes me feel alive, which is ironic. Some of my favorite stories include kids who are just so dang creepy. Luckily, listeners of this show have answered my internal prayers and have shared their creepy kid stories with me. Okay, ready to get spooked? Have you ever experienced deja vu? You're in a moment in time that you've sworn has happened to you before. Well, Red Folly has a similar experience with the party she supposedly never attended. When I was nine, I went to my friend Casey's birthday party. Casey lived near my grandparents, Her family had horses and owned a barn that was about a 10-minute walk from my grandparents' house. My parents dropped me and my little brother off at my grandparents. He was staying there while I was at the party, and afterwards, we would both stay the night at my grandparents'. I remember this night very clearly. I remember being excited because it was the first party I went to without my parents. Casey's party is in the barn. The horses are outside in the fenced-up area, and there's music and decorations, balloons tied to basically everything, and tables with tons of food and gifts. There are lots of other kids there, but none I really know except for Casey and her older sister. Since I didn't really know anyone and Casey was too busy to hang out with me much, I felt left out, and after a little while of standing around awkwardly, I decided I was ready to leave. It's a little dark out, and it's way out in the country, so there are no streetlights or anything. I make it less than halfway to my grandparents before I get really scared and turn back to ask if someone will walk with me. I had only been gone for a few minutes, but when I got back, everything was different. No kids, no decorations, or food, or music. Just a dark, empty barn. Terrified, I run all the way to my grandparents as fast as I can. Once I get there, my grandma is furious with me for being outside. I tried to explain to her how everyone at the party had disappeared and she had no idea what I was talking about. There was no party. She told me we were staying at her house so that my parents could have a date night. I even asked Casey and her sister about it the next day and they had no idea what I was talking about. Casey said her birthday wasn't for a few weeks. To this day, my family says I must have been sleepwalking and dreamed the whole thing. But I can't accept that. It felt too real. I remember it so clearly. There's no way it was a dream. So basically, I went to a party that never actually happened. Listen, if I was your grandparents, I'd probably be super scared that I suddenly couldn't find you late at night, and then you wind up back at the house and you're here talking about a party. 
I get that it could have been a dream and that it felt so real. I don't know. Maybe you saw what her party would look like in the future. And I wonder what did her party look like when she actually had it. Zathiel has five paranormal events that happened in his life. I'd say we were tied for a number of events, but his definitely won for spook factor. I want to share some of my stories. I have five or six that stick out to me the most, so those are the ones I want to share. Some years back, I was watching TV with my mom in her room and with my cousin. My mom asked me to go get her a cup of water, so I did. I got the cup and began walking to her room, and as I was about to exit the living room to go into the hallway, someone grabbed the bottom right of my shirt and whispered, When I felt it and heard it, I wasn't even scared. Just took what she said to heart and walked back into my mom's room where I found my cousin hiding under the blanket and my mom telling me to hurry into the room. I told her what happened and she said as I went through the living room toward the kitchen, she could see what looked like someone following behind me. Now for story number two. Where I live, there is a park across the street from my house. We were celebrating my younger brother's birthday at the park. I really needed to go to the restroom and didn't like how gross the ones in the park were. I asked my mom for the keys to the house so I could use ours. I got to the house and locked the door behind me. I sat on the toilet, ready to do my business, when I heard what sounded like hooves clopping in the living room, like a horse or something prancing around. I sat there confused until it stopped in front of the restroom and I said, Who is it? I heard two voices at that exact moment, one of a girl and the other really deep, but they sounded like they came from the same mouth. The voices shouted, (laughs) I put my pants back on and opened the door and looked toward the front entrance. I saw it fling open and slam shut. I began crying after and sat outside for a few minutes because I had no idea what happened. I wanted to know so bad who or what it was. I remember I said, if you show me who you are, I'll let you play my Super Nintendo. Number three, I suffer through sleep paralysis a lot, but mainly when I sleep on my back. So my sleep paralysis consists of me still having my eyes closed and unable to move. I don't see figures or anything like that. What happened to me, though, is I feel myself get dragged from the back of my neck to the top corner of my room above my bed. I can feel the bumps and coldness of the wall behind me. And sometimes, if it's not just being held up there, then I get dragged along the ceiling as well. This one day, I was asleep in the daytime, and I had my eyes open during my sleep paralysis episode. I was dragged on the floor and made to face the direction of the front door. For a better understanding of this, my room is a makeshift room created in what used to be the dining room. So it's my room, then the kitchen, then the living room. So as I laid there on the floor, I could remember feeling the small rocks and dirt on my face. After a bit, 
I heard my mom's car come home, and I knew it was her car because of a certain whining noise it does when it's pulling in. So I saw her come into the house and tried to shout for her, but she was on her phone and didn't see me to her right on the floor. She walked past me into her room. I saw everything she wore. A few seconds later, I got dragged back into my bed and I got up and ran to my mom. She was in the house, still on the phone, wearing exactly what I saw her wearing when I was on the floor. Number four. One night when I was asleep, I had a dream I was in my room and someone walked in just looking in my direction and smiling while they turned the TV on. After they did, they just walked out and locked my door. In my head, I knew he was putting on a screamer video, so I ended up going under my blanket and covering my ears. I was right about that because the screams wouldn't stop. I woke up from my dream and could hear screaming still in my room, so I bolted out to find my brothers asleep on the floor in the living room, and I looked across the hallway to see my mom awake staring at me. She told me just to sleep with my brothers. When I woke up, I told my mom what happened, and she said she heard the woman screaming in my room too, since my room shares a wall with hers. I thought it was like residual dreaming, and the scream was still in my head while fully waking up. But my mom said she heard the scream too. She said she told me to sleep in the living room because if a demon wanted me, it could take me instead of her. Thanks, mom. Number five, I moved to NorCal three years ago away from all of my family members. There was one cousin I used to be very close to when we were kids. I was four years older than her, but we hung out together all the time during gatherings until I stopped going around the age of 16. So fast forward 11 years of us not talking anymore or even seeing each other since I don't go to family gatherings anymore. I had a dream some cousins and I were driving in a car near my grandma's house in Mexico. We stop a block before reaching her house and she gets out. I'm sitting there wondering why she got out of the car so soon and ask my cousin who's driving. He says she's not coming with us anymore. We begin to drive away and I stick my head out of the window and I see her crying, waving goodbye. I wave back to her, confused and sad. When I wake up in the morning, I get a call from my dad while I'm getting ready to go to work. He tells me that she just died in the morning during complications trying to give birth. Keep in mind, I speak to no one outside of my immediate family, and I didn't even know she was pregnant, much less about to give birth. I never think of her or dream of her. This reminds me of one I was going to brush aside. It's a bit smaller, so I'll just add it and call it 5.2. I was hanging out at a friend's house with three other people. Around six, I got this horrible feeling that something happened to my dad or someone's dad. I told them to just do me a favor and call their dads to make sure everything was okay and I did the same. Nothing was wrong, so I felt a little better, but I couldn't really enjoy the night because I felt so wrong inside. When I got home and got on Discord to talk to a friend of mine, he ended up telling me his dad got into a car accident and died. Those are the five most memorable moments of the spooky things that happened to me. 
I hope you all enjoy and maybe are able to figure out what some of that may have been. Wow, that is insanely incredible and extremely accurate. Now, I am so glad I've never experienced sleep paralysis because I hate giving up control, especially in my sleep, especially to random things that may drag me up a wall. So I hope that you get some answers very soon. The line between imaginary friends and ghosts making contact can be very, very thin. Take it from Poetic Flowers. They share a story about their imaginary friend, Charlie. When I was around 12 or 13, I realized that my house wasn't normal. I became very curious. I started to become more interested in the paranormal world. So I tried to communicate with them. I would say stuff on the lines of, if you're here, flicker my lights and stuff like that. To my surprise, it actually worked. I became friends with this little boy. His name was Charlie. No, not the Charlie Charlie game, just Charlie. Charlie was attached to me, as he put it, so I'm not sure if my home has anything to do with him haunting me. Charlie couldn't talk. Well, it was more like he wouldn't talk. It kind of turned into a game when we talked. He would communicate with me by flickering my lights off, once for yes and twice for no. We became really good friends. He was someone just to talk to, you know? I would ask him about my future in yes or no questions. Side note, it's been years now and everything that he predicted has come true so far. It's an odd coincidence, I guess. I talk to him every day. As I got older, I stopped talking to him as much. Before we stopped talking at all, I saw him, which was the first and last time I've ever seen him. I was in school one day and I knew he was there because whenever he wanted my attention, he'd flicker the lights on really quick and I would feel a presence. The lights flickered and I turned around and saw him in the doorway of my classroom. He looked around the age of seven or eight. He was very short and had red knee-high socks, a sweater to match, and a golfer kind of hat. I can't think of the actual hat name now. I asked my friends beside me if they could see the little boy and they couldn't, which confused me greatly and I'm sure it confused them too. So I raised my hand and went to the bathroom. He ran down the hallway and I followed. He turned this corner and he disappeared. I never saw him again, but I know he's still attached to me. It's been around five years now. He still visits me here and there and still flickers my lights. Now, I think that is so awesome. When I was younger, I tried really, really hard to come up with an imaginary friend. And when my grandfather passed away, I went through this phase where he was my imaginary friend, but I really wasn't seeing him. And I think that, and I talk about this in previous episodes, I think that when he visited me, um, when I was feeling really down and really sad about his passing, that was kind of his way of telling me that I needed to move on and kind of stop playing that game of trying to reimagine him in my life. So I think it's really interesting and really kind of nice that Charlie is still with you in one way or the other. Now, next, Gina brings a story that 
I really just can't introduce, so we're just going to get right into it. Here's Gina's story. Hi, Lainey. First, I want to say I love your show. I decided to go ahead and send one of my experiences because it stands out to me, even now, almost 11 years later. My ex-husband had bought a house in the city called Leander, which was established in the 1880s. It was rumored that the subdivision we had the house on was an old Indian burial ground. A brief history research does show that Indians did live in the area, but I never found proof of that. My ex-husband had told me before I moved in that he felt the house was haunted. He said that when he first moved in, he saw a glass moving down the counter. I figured it could be because the countertop was wet, you know, whatever. Fast forward two more years and we bring our firstborn home. Then I started having stuff happen that I definitely could not explain. Once I was in another room and heard something fall on the floor, I went to check and it was the top of the diaper wipes that was now on the other side of the room. I thought maybe it was the cats, but nope. They were both in the back of the house and very far away from where this incident happened. Another time, our TV trays all toppled over. No one was near them. Okay, no big deal. I couldn't explain it, but I am sure there was a reason other than ghosts. Then, it happened. One night, about a month after our son came home, he was inconsolable. I did all the new mom checks. No fever, he wasn't hungry, he had a fresh diaper, but he still would not stop crying. I took him out of his room and put him in the car seat to rock him. That helped to settle him down for a little bit. I was laying on the couch just rocking him when I felt something, something dark. I opened my eyes and saw a black form standing over me and my son. I closed my eyes super fast as my heart raced. I slowly peeked through slitted eyes and watched this form standing over us. I couldn't move or breathe. Then the form stood even straighter. I don't know if it was bent over or what, but as it turned and walked away, it was taller than when I first saw it standing over us. I lay there for a good 10 minutes after it was gone, not being able to move, heart still racing. I only started moving because my son was starting to make noise. I got up thinking surely it was my ex-husband checking on us. I walked to our room and he was snoring loudly, sound asleep. There was no way he could have done that and fallen asleep so deeply in 10 minutes. It really scared me and is so clear in my mind all these years later. Sorry this was so long. I have other stories and we'll share again soon. Thank you for the awesome podcast. Listen, I would be completely paralyzed in fear too, and I'm not entirely sure what I would do, especially if my kid was there. Now, that has always been a fear of mine, to be sleeping next to my husband or, you know, next to a future child and being the only one to experience something. And my heart hurts that your son kind of felt that presence and had to kind of be surrounded by that. So I don't blame you for keeping that memory with you. I imagine that it's hard to forget. Now, Elisa P. has a weird story from her visit to an island I'm pretty sure has a lot of creepy haunts, Hawaii. 
August 30th, 2014, my husband and I traveled to Kona to visit our daughter. We checked into the Sheraton in Kona. We had a beautiful oceanfront room looking at the bay. We also had a view of the church. I was unpacking and there was a knock on the door. When I went to open the door, nobody was there. I looked down the hall and nobody was around. I just blew it off and my husband and I went to the pool. That night, we meet my daughter and friends at Ray's on the Bay. We had so much fun, we closed down the place. We got back to our little room a little after 2 a.m. And when we went to bed, I heard giggling outside. I got up and opened the door, but nobody was there. I told my husband, who would let their kids play in the hall at this time of night? The next day, we went to my brother's house and he had a barbecue. When we got back to the hotel, we decided to have a drink and then go into our room. We wanted to rest up because we had an early flight the next morning. As I was sleeping, I saw this dark shadow by the dresser. I think it knew I saw it because in an instant, it was hovering over my body. I gasped, trying to catch my breath. I was trying to scream. The next thing, my husband was over me, flinging his arms. I woke up and said to my husband, why would you do that? Most people hug somebody when they are having a bad dream. He went outside to smoke a cigarette, and I got up to get some water and went back to bed. The next morning, as I was packing, I remembered my dream. I said to my husband, what the hell was wrong with you? That was so weird last night. What a crazy dream. He looked at me and said, that wasn't a dream. I heard you gasping. When I rolled over, I saw this lady hovering over you. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. As I looked, she turned her head and looked at me, and that's when I was so scared that I started flinging my arms. Then she dissipated on the side of the bed. I didn't want to say anything to you last night. I knew you'd want to leave. I said to him, how the hell did you go back to sleep? He said he didn't. He was scared and kept the light on. Oh my God, that was real. The weird thing is I felt the pressure on the side of the bed when she dissipated. Needless to say, I packed up as fast as I could as we were leaving. I decided to tell the person at the front desk. The person looked at me like he wasn't surprised. He said, yes, there are unexplainable things that happen here. He said, there are some stories of ghost children playing out in the hallway. There is also a lady that looks out on the bay. We told him our story from the knock on the door, the giggling outside, and from the lady hovering over me at night. He told us to go to Heiau and make an offering. We put our bags in the car and walked to the Heiau and made our offering. Needless to say, I slept with lights on for a couple of weeks. I am a true believer now. Wow, if that experience doesn't make you a believer, then I really don't know what will. It has been my dream to stay in a haunted hotel and have a truly creepy experience, but I don't know what I would do if somebody was hovering over me. I can handle ghost children in the hallway, but don't interfere with my sleep space. When Chrissy D sent me this short little tale, I figured it had to be about a creepy little ghost. And, you know, I wasn't wrong. Hi, 
Eileen, a short story from Hamilton, Ontario here. My boyfriend at the time, now my husband, had just purchased a house with his best friend to renovate and rent out the downstairs. He continued to live upstairs and eventually I moved in with him. He had a clear glass cookie jar on top of the fridge in which he kept chocolate chip cookies, his favorite. I finished the last cookie and thought nothing of it until we heard from the next room a huge crash from the kitchen. We both ran in and saw the cookie jar was on the floor in shatters, but against the opposite wall. The windows were shut and we didn't have a cat and no mice that we could think of, so we cleaned up and that was that. I went to pick up a few groceries days later and brought home a new clear glass cookie jar and a package of Oreos. I filled the cookie jar, put it back on the fridge, and that was that. A few days later, smash went the cookie jar and all its contents, again against the opposite wall. We weren't home for this one, so we questioned the tenant downstairs, but he hadn't heard anything and also swore it wasn't him. We changed the locks anyway, because how? Just for fun, I bought a new cookie jar and chocolate chip cookies. For weeks, nothing. Filled the jar and filled it with peanut butter cookies. You guessed it, another broken cookie jar. I did this a few times with the same result and eventually I gave the ghost its own cookie jar and moved ours to a cupboard. Apparently, our ghost only tolerated chocolate chip cookies and a full cookie jar. We moved out into our own house a few months later, but we did leave a note to the new tenants to always have a cookie jar stocked with only chocolate chip cookies. Well, if I had to choose a ghost to have, it would probably be one that definitely liked cookies. Of course, I'd love for the ghost to love yellow Jojos from Trader Joe's, but that's just me. So I'm glad everything worked out and I'm curious if the new tenants have experienced the same thing. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, at Instagram, it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Audio engineering was provided by Ches Gray, who manages Ches Gray Music. The official composer for the show is We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?